I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome, everybody, into New York Training Camp Live. You're home on the Odyssey app and with WFAN for New York Giants training camp coverage every Monday and Friday. I am your host, Sean Morash, where you can follow me on Twitter at MorazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. If you don't know who I am, quickly, you can hear me on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio on the Odyssey app. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, running with uh, Damon Amendolaro over there. And, of course, on WFAN.com and on the Odyssey app, subscribe to GWiz, your WFAN.com and Odyssey-exclusive New York Giants weekly podcast. But this is a little bit more of a fun project all through the month of August, through Labor Day, as we embark on August. Yes, it's New York Training Camp Live, where we will recap the week, the day's events, in New York Giants training camp with all the latest news, notes, and even some preseason games, previews, and wrap-ups when those come, and they are coming fast. As a matter of fact, as we sit here today, we are a week away from having to see our hated Dallas Cowboys, at least the uniforms of the Dallas Cowboys, play the uniforms of the Pittsburgh Steelers as we look into their depth. That's right, the Hall of Fame game, less than a week away. For the New York Giants, well, it wouldn't be New York Giants training camp if it was quiet, right? New coaching staff from last year, Joe Judge, back for year two, and plenty of noise, some good, some bad, some ugly, some really funny, if you want to call that. We will tackle that all here over the course of the next 25 to 30 minutes. So we're going to try to do something every single episode called the good, the bad, and the ugly. And look, we're not splitting the atom here with good, bad, ugly. You've probably heard a million radio shows do something similar, but I do think it fits here with Giants training camp. So I think we want to be positive as much as possible and then ease you into the negative. That's the way you really probably should play good, bad, and ugly here with the New York football Giants. Let me just say there's an overwhelming sense of optimism. I sense it. I feel it. I know I'm breathing it. This is the most excited I've been to watch a New York Giants team probably since the 2017 Giants returning from their big year in 2016. And that is because of what happened last year. And really, it, it, it has little to do with what transpired with the NFC East. Sure, the NFC East is there for the taking. It absolutely is there for the taking, and it should be. But with the NFC East being as weak as it was, I think it made a lot of people say, well, you're excited about the Giants because they 
competed last year. They competed in a bad division. No, I'm excited for the New York Giants because even when they were playing teams like the Tampa Bay Bucks, they were a competent organization on the field. Outside of the 49ers game and at moments that Ravens game, the New York Giants proved they belong. And I guess you want to consider the Cardinals game as well. They proved they belong on the field and they competed. And now wins are expected, as they should be, frankly, as they should be. So with the good, the bad, and the ugly, here's the good. We are no strangers to training camp injuries and crippling training camp injuries. Last year, we were devastated when Xavier McKinney was going to be out for the majority of the season, the Giants' second-round pick that now obviously exploded on the scene, really with that finality and great game he played versus the Dallas Cowboys in Week 17. But that was just an example from last year. So you kind of sit here, you hold your breath, and you hope you can get out of training camp and the preseason as healthy as possible. But what you don't want to see happen is lose starters to key and critical injuries. And I think the Giants seemingly have dodged something here. Shane Lemieux on day one of training camp, I guess day one of practice is day two of training camp, carted off the field. Now, it was originally reported by some of the beat reporters as him grabbing his elbow, which led many to speculate. We have later found out it is a knee injury of some sort. And as many reports have come out today, on this Friday, July 30th, it is believed to not be worst-case scenario. Joe Judge also reiterated that. This is not the worst fear. It is not a season-ending injury. He was apparently working on the side with trainers during Friday practice with guard Shane Lemieux. Again, very important that he was out there. Now, we don't know, and we don't want to speculate. Saying an injury isn't worst-case doesn't mean that he can't miss six to eight weeks with some sort of minor knee injury. That's, of course, on the table. But if a day after getting carted out, he's at least working on the side with trainers, getting down into his stance, doing whatever he has to do, like he he did seemingly at moments during Friday's practice, I take that as obviously encouraging. And if there's anything we've learned in this pandemic of all times and lived through in all these times is we are not doctors. We are not doctors, and I don't pretend to be a football doctor. But I got to think if a guy is about to be out six to eight weeks, we don't see him a day after being carted off out on the field working with trainers on the side. So that is good news. And I, I had this debate with other friends of mine who are New York Giant fans yesterday when we saw the Shane Lemieux news and not knowing what was going to happen. I, I debated with them that this is one of those injuries. Now, it's not Kenny Galladay going down. It's not Daniel Jones going down. It's not Saquon going down. It's obviously not Leonard Williams going down, Logan Ryan. I mean, you name the stars. We understand. Jabril Peppers. But I, I, I was in the camp after the draft of – hey, it's okay that they didn't go out and force O-line just to force O-line. The way the board fell, if an O-lineman was the best player available once you got out of those first two rounds where those are you know premium starter spots, then what's the difference? You force O-line just to force O-line? That, to me, wouldn't make a lot of sense. So seeing that they didn't do that, I, I really looked at the Giants' O-line last year. I know Cam Fleming played a ton in the majority, but I look at the O-line coming back this year as, hey, we had four rookies last year, and I know that's not really literal, but yeah, Andrew Thomas was literally a looky, rookie. A looky. That would be funny if he was a looky as well. He's a rookie. He's a good-looking man. Matt Parrott, right tackle. Really, when he got to play in spurts, I think for a third-round pick that everybody said was developmental, sure, he had a couple moments where he was in there. He like, okay, I could see this, but he never really was overwhelmed for the moment, and that's why you had expectations for him at right tackle. And we will get to more of Matt Parrott, I believe, in just a moment as he's began the list, the season uh, or the training camp on the PUP list, the PUP list with a lower back injury he suffered in April, although signs point to him nearing a return. I just don't like hearing lower back injuries in offensive linemen. But 
that's another rookie. Your first round pick, your third round pick. Shane Lemieux comes out in the fifth round. He ends up impressing a lot at left guard. And of course, Nick Gates, who was not a rookie, but it was his first time playing center in the NFL. And for a guy who was still young, it wasn't like he was a 10-year veteran at guard and then he kicked over to center. For a guy really playing his reps for the first time in the NFL and you throw in the fact that he was a center and played full-time, I considered him a bit of a rookie, even if that isn't in the most literal sense. So bringing back those four guys and then you throw in Will Hernandez, look, let's face it, that is a young offensive line that it's okay to me if you didn't go draft another developmental pick in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round just to force it. Let these guys grow together. And I want to see these guys grow together because chemistry is still important. I know Joe Judge said at the beginning of training camp that they were going to mix and match guys, rotate guys. We want versatility. And I think that's a good thing. When you think about David Deal's heyday with the New York Giants, it was a good thing that if somebody else got hurt, whether he was the left tackle, right tackle, right guard, he, he had the ability to plug and play and move his position if the sixth best offensive lineman happened to be a left tackle or a right tackle or a guard. It was David Deal that could move, and then overall it would give you the strongest unit. So I think Joe Judge allowing guys to play in different positions and give that versatility is critical. And I also think when you look at the bench offensive line for the Giants and you know whether they keep four guys or, or wherever, you're going to think Jonathan Harrison at that backup center position. Zach Fulton is a guard. We obviously know and familiar with Nate Solder, and I think we could all appreciate that Nate's not the worst depth piece to have if your left or right tackle get hurt, but we would prefer not to see him. And then maybe a little Chris Slade. I mean, where the Giants go here is going to be interesting on the offensive line and, and those camp battles, but plenty of time for that as the month goes on. But anyway, to make a long story longer, talking and battling with my friends, there was, there's this premise that because Shane Lemieux was a fifth-round pick last year, struggled in pass protection, that if he goes down, it shouldn't be a big de big deal. You plug Zach Fulton in there. Maybe it's Harrison that gets plugged in at center and you kick Gates back to guard. I'm not looking to do that. And I understand that that's what depth is for and injuries are going to happen. But I would look at this as a pretty important injury because I think any injury to any of the starters along the offensive line, and by the way, right now they are down two with Parrott at, on the pup list. I want these young guys to get their reps. I want them to get their reps. I want them to grow as a unit. I want to be done with the ever-suffocating conversation every single season and every single training camp about how bad this offensive line is. I want to be done with it. And Shane Lemieux going down, and if he were down for the year, would not make us any closer to done to, done to it. It would mean what? Zach Fulton plays guard. They fool around Matt Peart, work him in at guard, and Nate Solder play right tackle. That doesn't benefit anybody. I want this offensive line healthy, and I know you can't always get what you want, but that's why I view that as, as sad news. But we are saying it's good news. If he's not lost for the year, that means Shane Lemieux is going to be here, and he's going to get reps. And if it takes a week, two weeks, something like that in camp, hopefully it's not bleeding into the season because, again, those reps are important. I view this as not having a season-ending injury as extremely good news. Now, the bad. The bad and the ugly, which means we have two negatives here. The bad is not drastically bad. The bad is I feel bad for a certain player that I liked last year, and I know not every Giant fan loved, and that's Austin Mack. Austin Mack is an extra receiver last year. If he came on the field in Jason Garrett's offense, you knew it was likely going to be a running play. He was an excellent blocking receiver. There were times, you know, he could go up and get a ball, and he made you kind of impressed. He just seemed like a savvy enough receiver, can contribute on special teams as well, that the Giants have such a crowded, a beyond crowded, 
wide receiver room, right? I mean, when they drafted Kadarius Toney and they had already signed Kenny Galladay, you looked up and you said, well, they have Sterling Shepard. They have Darius Slayton. How many times are you going to be running four wide receiver sets? Now, we all know injuries, like I just pointed to, will happen. Sterling Shepard really has not been able to stay on the field. But that being said, you still need to fill out fifth and if you keep six receivers. John Ross is here. John Ross signed early in free agency. If we don't have Kadarius Toney on the team, I think John Ross is a lock to make the team. Now I'm not so sure. Because although you expect the fifth or sixth best receiver to not see the field, they probably will at some point, but they have to contribute on special teams. John Ross going to do that? I don't know if John Ross is going to do that. He hasn't played special teams his whole career. Busted first-round pick. So that's why I, I think he does have a little bit of a hill to climb to make it, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, there's only so many balls and catches and everybody the offense could get. I mean, you have Saquon in the backfield. You have Evan Ingram to go with Kyle Rudolph at tight end. You have those big four receivers I mentioned. I mean, where are you going to value keeping a guy like John Ross over a guy who's going to play way more specials like an Austin Mack, like Dante Pettis, who I was really impressed with him, like David Sills? Another guy. So I, I don't know. Look, I find the back end of the receiver competition fascinating. And maybe there is a part of me rooting against John Ross for no reason, because I have nothing against John Ross personally, but I like seeing the young guys grind it out. And I was familiar, and I didn't think Austin Mack was the worst thing for this team. I just, it's bad for him, and I feel bad that he goes down with an injury today. He's punching the ground, grabbing his hamstring. Maybe it's a cramp. Maybe it's something slight. I haven't seen, uh, you know, any further instances on it but I would think any rep lost immediately makes it harder and harder and more of a mountain to climb to make a team if you are an Austin Mack so I feel bad for him maybe not bad for the team as we do good bad and ugly long term because they do have the depth there at that position but I do think that's a bad situation for Austin Mack and now last but not least good bad ugly the ugly has to be Daniel Jones from Friday's practice and unfortunately I hate doing this because one of the worst things I think about training camp and following the beat reporters or if you're at training camp is essentially the over-exaggeration or overreaction, I guess I should say, to reps you see on the field, to interceptions thrown, to overthrowing receivers. I mean, how many times have any of us seen the story of David Tyree had a Super Bowl 42 and have the worst practice ever and he goes out and he's a hero? And unfortunately, in training camp, until you get to preseason games, but even then, you're seeing a lot of vanilla defenses run, so who knows what you can trust from it. Daniel Jones is going to be going up against this Giants defense, and we all expect to be one of the best defenses in football, and he had apparently a rough practice on Friday. It's Jordan Renan, who obviously does a great job covering the Giants, highlighted on Twitter. It was not the best practice for the Giants offense on Friday. Daniel Jones threw an INT in the red zone to Logan Ryan. His intended target, Evan Ingram. There were lots of underneath passes, and they just looked a bit out of sync. Defense has gotten the better of the matchup early in camp. Maybe not surprising. All right, so there's a two-parter. Now, you could say I'm very negative for reading this tweet this way and calling it the ugly, because the good could be the defense is humming along here. The defense is in midseason form. Logan Ryan is getting interceptions in the red zone. They are battling and forcing the Giants into underneath stuff. But we know the defense is going to do that. And perhaps over the long haul, the fact that the Giants' defense and first-team defense is the way it is and is what it is might be extremely beneficial to the New York Giants because the offense is going to have no choice but to get better if they're playing one of the better defenses in football and practice every day. However, 
look, you come to training camp, and there's plenty of time before opening day to fix this. The Giants are loaded for bear with weapons. And frankly, the offensive line, with all due respect, is not going to get as tested as it should be up front until they face another team. I, I mean, to a certain extent. You know, they're going to get their reps in, but is it – I mean, are we going all out? I mean, do you think Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are really pushing the pocket the way they will versus the Denver Broncos on opening day? I don't know. So Daniel Jones should have a good feel for the pocket. And the fact that Jason Garrett, who we got to think, bit of a hot seat. Daniel Jones, not that they would get rid of him into this year because he still has one more year to play with. Got to think the pressure's on in year three. I mean, are we really back to just dumping it underneath and playing boring Giants football like they did? And look, I can live with boring Giants football if it means you're winning, but that's not how you win in 2020, 2021 in the NFL. You got Kenny Galladay. You obviously have Kadarius Toney. You have Darius Slate. Now, we named all the weapons. They got to be able to attack and not only work on the underneath stuff, but go over the top. And it seems like the Giants secondary right now on a positive is not going to let you do that. They're going to keep working on their underneath stuff. So, look, it's a Friday practice. It's day three of training camp. It quite literally is not August yet, as August is about to be here. The offense is allowed to be out of sync. They're allowed to not come out humming. But it's still ugly from a standpoint of, I just, I don't want my excitement. And our excitement as Giant fans, guessed by the fact that the offense is just going to be the same offense that we had a year ago. And I really, after the offseason the Giants have had, and I'm sure many of you feel the same way, and you can tweet at me at MrazCBS, M-R-A-Z-C-B-S. I really don't want to go through one of these years where they set the, the offense up with all of these weapons. Maybe even the offensive line really starts to come together with year two. But at the end of the year, Daniel Jones isn't throwing a ton of touchdown passes, and there's still an excuse out there that Jason Garrett just is a crummy offensive coordinator. I don't want any more excuses for Daniel Jones. I just want to sink or swim and find out what he is because next year the Giants have two first-round picks, and if he's not the guy, we need this organization needs to get going here at the quarterback position. And I'm confident in Daniel Jones. I am. I know I shouldn't be, and I know there's obviously high bust potential, but I still think I've seen enough positives out of him that just reading that from Friday irritated me, and I, I'm getting caught up, and I'm a victim of my own – what I say I shouldn't be doing, but it's not a good look. If they're already throwing underneath, he's throwing red zone interceptions. That can't happen. And by the way, a quick that Jordan Renan, you know what he's doing there. It's great. The intended target, Evan Ingram. Boy, way to drive the Giant fans absolutely bananas early in training camp, too. Knowing that forcing the ball to Evan Ingram is leading to picks by Logan Ryan. Now, the positive, maybe the Giants offense is really good and the defense is that dominant. But I think we could all agree based off what we saw last year. That's going to make you roll your eyes a little bit. Now, without further ado, we did good, the bad, the ugly. Now into the really funny from this week. I I can't get enough of the Kelvin Benjamin story, folks. I can't get enough, and I'm sorry. I am sorry. If you've never seen what I look like, look, I'm not somebody where you need to create a roof flap on the house to get a crane to get me out to go to a doctor's appointment by any means. I, you won't see me with doctor now on my 600-pound life. But I'm not exactly the thinnest person. I would call myself thick fat, athletic enough. But yeah, I got a belly on me. Of course I do. I love a fast food drive through and a six-pack of Kona Big Wave as much as the next guy. So I can laugh when a good fat story unfolds. And the fact that we are in a spot now where Kelvin Benjamin comes into training camp. Kelvin Benjamin comes into training camp. And there can be a altercation, not an altercation, it's the wrong word, an argument on the field 
a disagreement between he and Joe Judge and Dave Gettleman where he can storm off the field, and then we learn he's been released. So just at the basis without knowing anything. And, of course, now you know what happened. But if you're a Giants fan listening to this, of course you did, right? But you hear that basis, and then a story comes out that we know is fake now. But several people with blue check marks run with as, wow, this has to be real. And that story is this, that Kelvin Benjamin was stealing and eating too much food. <laughs> so you can't make it up. Oh, I guess you can. From the Giants facility. And that caused... Calvin Benjamin to get cut. Obviously a fake story. People picked it up as real. But this is why I find it hysterical before we get to why he was really cut. If you as an athlete have put yourself perception-wise in a situation where somebody could make up a story about you stealing food and basically hiding it like a squirrel hides their nuts before winter, if that's what's going on here, then... I think, personally speaking, you probably weren't going to make the New York football giants anyway if it was that believable a story. And Kelvin Benjamin switching from wide receiver to tight end had a hill to climb, especially when you consider the fact that, look, Evan Ingram and Kyle Rook could catch passes. I mean, at some point, somebody's going to have to throw blocks at the tight end position, and Kyle, Kyle Rook could obviously do that. But how many pass catchers, like I alluded to John Ross, do you actually need when you already have a ton? So Kelvin Benjamin, in my opinion, probably wasn't making the Giants anyway. But the fact that he comes out for day one and gets caught, and that's a story that leaks a why, and it's clearly fake, and people think it's real, says more about Kelvin Benjamin than it does the person who made up the story. But anyway, as we now know, Kelvin Benjamin's real reason, not for stealing food, but was that when he basically got the training camp invite, was coming to the New York Giants after his minicamp tryout, or rookie camp tryout, wherever he showed up, they tried out and they signed him to bring him in. Kelvin Benjamin was told as he weighed... What was the story? 263. I believe 264. I'm sorry. We weighed 264. And the Giants wanted to get him down or wanted him to get down to 251. Now, as somebody who struggled with weight loss myself, I understand that that could be, that doesn't seem like a lot to a lot of people. It could be difficult. However, if my employee, if WFAN, if CBS Sports Radio, if Odyssey said, hey, Sean, Morass, let's face it, you're getting too fat, you're breaking all our, all our chairs in the studio, we need to get on a scale. Now, this is obviously not legal in our line of work. All right, you got to lose 13 pounds in the next three months, or I'm sorry, we're going to have to think elsewhere about filling your role. I got news for you. That might be the motivation I need to lose the 13 pounds. And then you really couple it with the fact that it was your last chance at your career. You've already bounced around other places. Like, let's say I bounced around a few other radio stations, and this is going to be it. If I don't lose weight, that's it. I'm going to have to find another career. This is Kelvin Benjamin, as we pretty much have found out since, last chance. So even if he didn't lose the 13, say it was really difficult. He was trying all sorts of diets. His body wasn't meeting up with him. All right, maybe he loses five pounds instead of the 13. Maybe he loses seven pounds. Maybe he loses two pounds. Maybe he doesn't lose a single pound. Hey, coach, really struggle with it. What can happen is you can't gain weight. And Kelvin Benjamin gained another three or four pounds. He shows up at camp fatter. And then he comes up with the whole, oh, I was lifting muscles. What do you want me to be? I'm a tight end now. I'm, you know, 
try to come up with every excuse under the book. It doesn't matter what you thought you should do lifting weights and gaining muscle if that is what happened, as if you weren't, you know, snuffing a box of cheeses in your mouth, Kelvin, please. What can happen is you can't you can't come to camp over the weight you left camp in when they asked you to lose 13. It's absurd. And then to basically make it out like it's Joe Judge's fault. Are you kidding me? The Giants, I mean, the ego on Joe Judge. You'll never win a Super Bowl with that guy. What ego? Because he wants accountability? He's giving you a shot from a general manager that drafted you to switch positions and revive your career? And look, say what you want to say, and I hate to bring this name into this Giants training camp live show, New York training camp live. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at CBS if you're just joining us. What can't, what, what didn't happen is Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, say what you want to say. I don't think he has any business making the Jaguars. He's, the only reason I bring him up is he, like Kelvin Benjamin, is making a positional switch after some time off in the NFL. Now, way more time off this Tim Tebow had than Kelvin Benjamin. But I'm not seeing any stories about the Jaguars asking Tim Tebow to lose weight, and he didn't. My guess would be Tim Tebow came to camp with Jacksonville absolutely shredded and ripped and ready to turn some heads and make a football team. Even if he doesn't, he at least listened to the coach. Now, here's the real problem. Kelvin Benjamin didn't do that. I know I've said he's the real part. He didn't. You didn't come like Tim Tebow came to camp. You came and gained weight and are acting like you didn't. And acting like it's Joe Judge's fault. Giants can't win a Super Bowl with you. Why? Because your fat ass was going to make a difference? I hate the name call, but it takes a fat ass to know a fat ass. Kelvin Benjamin, my goodness. Kelvin, you, you were so heavy that people actually thought you were stealing food. You were stealing food. That was a real training camp story. So, look, the Odyssey app is going to do a great job with all of these training camp shows that you could catch. With all of our wonderful talent across the country. I mean, you name the market, you could find it. And the New York Giants are part of this. To me, any of those other markets doing training camp shows, there is no possible way they will have a funnier, more I-can't-believe-this-happened training camp story than the New York Giants have already had with Kelvin Benjamin. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. So that's what I mean. Look, we are, what, three practices in, three days in? Training camp day three. And it's our episode one here with New York Training Camp Live. And to recap, the Giants have already had Two starting offensive linemen, one of the pupless, one get hurt. We've been informed that it's not season-ending for Shane Lemieux. You have Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett's offense looking a lot like it did last year where you made you roll your eyes. That makes you hold your breath. And now you have a running back coming into camp. A little, not a running back, I'm sorry, tight end coming into camp and getting cut because he didn't not just lose weight when he was asked, he gained it. Now, one last thing I wanted to get to, the New York Giants yesterday worked out Alfred Morris and Sean Mannion, the quarterback. But Alfred Morris, obviously, I, I thought did a really admirable job in the in the backup running back role for the Giants last year. And they work him out, and they bring him back. And, and I thought he filled a nice void. Look, I think last year, I've come around to understanding why Wayne Goleman wasn't brought back, because frankly, I think Wayne Goleman, in your job as a number two running back, yeah, you want to be able to come in if the starter goes down, and he did an excellent job. The Wayne train really rolled through. But the problem is you don't want your starting running back to go down. Saquon Barkley still waiting for you to practice. You want your starting running back to be on the field. And if he's on the field, then Shane, then I'm sorry, then a guy like Wayne Goldman, you know, needs to, you know, he gets his three carries, four carries, whatever touches a game that, that needs, you need to make it work and make the most of it. He was unable to do that. Alfred Morris was able to do that behind Wayne Goldman. 
And the Seahawk game was another example of that. I mean, really, when Devontae Freeman went down, we, I mean, Alfred Morris stepped up. That's a, a running back that's been, been around forever, been around the NFCs, whether it's Washington or Dallas. He's done a fantastic job. And this kind of makes me roll my eyes and say, if you're signing Alfred Morris and you plan to bring Alfred Morris back to camp, when you were able to do that on July 29th, was it that necessary to sign Devontae Booker the first day of camp? And Devontae Booker may end up being an, uh, an enormous asset to this team. He plays special teams as well. This is not a knock on Devontae Booker, but I, I have to close with a little bit of a knock on Dave Gettleman and continuing not to understand positional value in the cap. Now, the good news is signing Devontae Booker on day one, and by all accounts, he's looked fine in training camp to start. It didn't prohibit them from signing a Dory Jackson. It didn't prohibit them from signing Kenny Galladay. It didn't prohibit them from signing Kyle Rudolph. So it's hard for me to get on the, on the high horse and just bash the signing of Devontae Booker for any guaranteed money if the Giants were still able to pull off every piece you could have imagined for this offseason and what they wanted. But it's just an optics look. That was the first guy they signed. And here they are bringing Alfred Morris back. So Alfred Morris is going to be this team. Uh, they had their running back for a reason. Does that mean maybe they don't like what they've seen from Corey Clement? Possibly. Does that mean they don't love what they've seen from Gary Brightwell and it's the guy who's going to end up on the practice squad? Possibly. Draft pick. But I, I think the Alfred Morris signing adds intrigue. I liked Alfred Morris a lot. That's one of those sentimental old-school veterans the Giants got last year that I really liked the heck out of. But ultimately, if we're splitting hairs over Devontae Booker and Alfred Morris again, it's probably a bad thing because now in year four, Saquon, who's been hurt in back-to-back years last year, more devastating than the ankle in 2019, you need to see Saquon on the field. He seemed to be mimicking practice. If you want looking for the Saquon update, still obviously not practicing with the team, but he was mimicking a lot of the drills off to the side. Jordan Renan, I need to give him credit again, or I'd love to give him credit again, said he looked phenomenal, at least looked good. Phenomenal is the wrong word. Looked in good enough shape, cutting, running, and whatnot. So Saquon shouldn't be that much further down the road, and you hope Matt Pear isn't either. Giants dealing with Knicks early on in camp as is every team, although you do want to be as healthy as possible. But these little things are going to happen. Guys start on PUP lists, and they come off. But ultimately, I don't think anything from this first week of training camp should change any of the positive vibes any of us have surrounding the New York football giants. This is a time for positivity. There will be plenty of time for negativity if they happen to lose to the Eagles or the Cowboys or lose to the Broncos on opening day. For now, the 2021 New York Giants, positive camp vibes. Good defense, offense, you hope gets better. That, folks, has been New York Training Camp Live for episode one here on July 30th. Again, you can follow me on Twitter for all your Giants news and, and fun and Giants banter and conversation at CBS. And, of course, check out GWiz, your New York Giants weekly podcast on the Odyssey app and WFAN.com. Have a great weekend, everyone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.